Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Supermarcado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again this week, everybody. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. It's time once again for listener show and tell. We Yay. love these episodes because these playlists are chosen by you guys, our incredible, loyal, and faithful fans. We're so grateful to all of you, and we love to do these about once a year just as mm-hmm. a, a gift to all of you and a big thank you for all of your support. You know, throughout the years that we've been doing this show, uh, so many of you have been so great and constantly supplying us with new video game soundtracks and tunes and stuff that you want us to play and talk about. And honestly, a lot of some of um, our favorite discoveries on the show have come from you guys, not just in these episodes, but just throughout the years in general. So once again, thanks to everybody. And what's so cool is it's not like you guys are only waiting until we ask for the picks. Like, I feel like constantly and consistently we're we're always getting picks from you guys just because you're passionate about something you discovered and you want to share it but usually right. what we do around this time of year we send out a little um, you know disclaimer it was only a couple weeks ago I think we told everyone hey guys it's coming up so send us your picks and we got a flood of emails tweets comments everything and it was really sad because this year we got such a great response that um, there's a f- decent amount of picks that didn't make the cut today which is which is unfortunate um, so if if your pick didn't make the cut today don't don't feel down let us know if if you felt bad and maybe we can do something in the future on like a future regular show and tell we can try to include it or something uh we're doing <laughs> or we can 21 just do more of these yeah ex- absolutely we're doing 21 tracks today now normally we do 20 so i tried as much as i could to jam as much in uh this is the fourth time we've done listener show and tell which i think is crazy so if anyone doesn't know the name of the game here this is a playlist that consists entirely of user-submitted music. We didn't pick any of this. For the most part, we didn't listen even to any of this. Some of this I'm, I'm do familiar we, do with. Do we call our listeners users? Are they, listeners, they use our users, podcast. <laughs> they use a podcast app. No, um, uh, they, they might be users of supermarketbros.com. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so, so this is all listener-submitted music, and most of this we haven't heard at all. There's a few of these things I was familiar with, um, but... It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite kind of episodes to do for a couple of reasons. One, we don't have to prepare at all, which is awesome. And two, I love anytime we do a normal show and tell where Will brings in tracks that I don't know. And it's like a fun discovery. So that's what this is yeah. for both of us. So let's get into it because we got a lot to get to. What you guys heard playing in was a wonderful piece of music by John, uh, submitted by John F. And that was from Brain Lord for the Super Nintendo. That was an unused track called, fittingly, Unused Song. It was composed by Masano Akahori. Uh, so thanks, John, for that pick. Wasn't that great? That was a perfect play-in. It completely set the mood. It was, it was like perfect. quintessential video game music writing. Sounds like it could be in a Mario or Sonic game. You know, that kind of end credits-y um, harmonic language. I just love it. It's perfect so, so play-in. Well, now we're going to move on. So, all right. Next, we have a submission from Phil, our good buddy Phil. He's been a fan for a long, long time. Very supportive fan giving us a lot of great insights over the years so this is from a commodore 64 game called rubicon and he suggested intro uh, which was composed by jaron tell who's a classic composer that we featured a few times on the show so let's take a listen to the intro from rubicon for the commodore 64 
I really like some of those percussion that you heard that God, <laughs> isn't that awesome? Really interesting like sound effect type stuff. This is uh, the intro from Rubicon. Obviously for the Commodore 64 you can uh, tell that classic SID chip. This is composed by Jaron Tell, submitted to us by Phil. Uh, really cool stuff. Now I know Phil for a while has been um, clamoring for uh, some more Commodore music. Uh, Commodore and Amiga if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's a really big fan of kind of that computer style and this is a really interesting piece of music. It's really a textbook example of this style strong arpeggios almost like the entire thing is one long solo it feels performed it feels very cool and hip and kind of 90s and exciting uh will what are your first impressions of this track again uh neither of us have heard this before so this is fun i really like the chords um I, yeah it's it's inc- impeccably produced I, I like you carl i'm really curious about the percussion i like the idea of using you know sine waves square waves all these synth channels to create this kind of unpitched percussion like the yeah it's using you know like pitched synthesizers but it, it doesn't really i don't know there's something about that that makes it break away from the feeling of being digital and it it starts to almost sound percussive. One of my favorite things about this track, uh, there's no shortage of groove-based computer music where it's all about a funky groove, and that's the case with this track. But the solos that are happening are all tasteful, and there's not one moment where I'm like, okay, this is either boring or amateur or, or what have you. Um, it, yeah. It's all it's all kind of legit. Very musical. And, yeah. yeah, and it's very musical, and the groove is very strong throughout the entire thing. And one of my favorite things about computer music is in the era when you had really short loops for console games you didn't have that for for these uh demo sceners or, or um you know c64 guys so really long well, form it's sort of a it's sort of a double-edged sword you know when you talk about improvisational sounding music at a time like this it, it can be a great thing because since it's composed and inputted uh so slowly and articulately you know you don't have to it's not actually improvisation you're not making right. it up on the fly you have time to choose notes and be precise but then the other side to that is a lot of times um people making this kind of music don't actually have experience playing real instruments and so sometimes stuff like that can sound not very musically intuitive i definitely notice that a lot nowadays with kind of like a modern chiptune scene there's a lot of kind of the technical aspects are good but very musically unintuitive but what this is completely the antithesis of that like mm-hmm. if you played this with real instruments it'd be incredibly funky and incredibly groovy i mean even just that drum part alone yeah. just is completely in the pocket everything about this it's it's like when we talk about a great fallen brothers track or you know anything mm-hmm. that you get on those great c64 um composers and engineers just were so advanced technically that the work still holds up and almost feels like hip and modern nowadays oh yeah absolutely so thanks again phil for that wonderful uh suggestion i think he gave like a lot of you did multiple picks and we kind of just picked one that you know i think i listened to the first few seconds honestly of some of these stuff and just tried to pick one that i thought would make uh you know help to make a great playlist uh so yeah but you really couldn't go wrong because all your picks were wonderful everybody so Ooh, let's Carl, move on you shouldn't have said that because there's going to be some people that are going to be pissed off that you only listen to a couple well the seconds. thing is uh some people gave one pick and then it was easy. I would include it if, if you know, if, if it was, I thought it had the potential to be, to be good. Um, obviously no one has more than one pick today. That's another thing. But if someone gave five picks, you know, I kind of, at that point, it's almost just like a, a crapshoot. They like all those picks. So in some ways they probably won't be too disappointed with whatever we went with. Um, you know, like, for example, that was C64. I thought that'd be cool because I thought that'd be a nice, you know, variety because we probably won't have any other C64 today. So 
All right, we're going to move on to, we have a couple different Steves. This is Steve V. He suggested us to play a track from the game Tearaway, which I had never heard of before. And the track he wanted to play is Gibbet Hill Pilgrimage. It was composed by a composer we're familiar with, Brian Dolivera, who's very talented, uh, as well as Kenneth Young. So let's take a listen to Gibbet Hill Pilgrimage. Here we go. gotta say this is a pretty badass piece of music i really love this and i was not expecting that drum beat and that thick synth bass to kick in really cool choice you guys are listening to gibbet hill pilgrimage from tearaway and this was suggested by steve v uh yeah really interesting i'm sure will has some some things to say about the instrumentation i'll let him uh handle that but my first reaction was this was that it starts off in uh, a way that is fairly familiar for video games. You know, you kind of have that medieval theme that really puts you in that in that time period, in that era. But then when the drums come in and the bass comes in, it kind of feels more modern too, which is great. So this game, I don't know anything about it, but it could take place in the future, in the past, in the present day, and this music would fit almost any era. It's, it's really like a timeless uh, piece of music as far as era goes. So Will, what did you think about the instrumentation in general this track? That's sort of an interesting point that uh, something like this is timeless because, yeah, to me, it really has that medieval quality to it. Uh, it's the use of the Dorian mode is something yeah. we've talked about a lot. And, I mean, modes in general are sort of a common theme in video game music with trying to evoke something more ancient. Something I think is interesting about this instrumentation, when we were first listening to it, I was saying, like, oh, what are some of these instruments? Because I know there's a recorder. And then I was really trying to think, like, oh, is that, like, a sham? And this is, like, I don't know, some renaissance flute or something but i think it's all just a recorder it sounds like it's just been double tracked to have multiple octaves and also you know playing the chords and stuff um and it's a really cool effect and because it's occupying different ranges it's actually something interesting you start to notice how the timbre of the instrument um sounds completely different from one range to the other which you wouldn't necessarily get that effect if you were actually using different instruments so that's kind of a cool effect the other thing um that 
I so love about this is, you know, sometimes when a piece is very on the nose, you know, if it's trying to evoke a style and it does it well, sometimes, uh, and I don't mean we as in you and I, but just the culture in general in terms of listening to music, sometimes we don't really give enough credit to the composers kind of nailing that style because yeah. it sounds so familiar. We just kind of accept it and digest it and move on. But I mean, I, I think it really is hard to create something like this that both feels authentic to the style they're going for and is original and memorable melodic and something that can sustain all that repetition and work with that Groove. I, I just think it's fantastic. Very, very good stuff. Uh, so what do we have next? Next, we have a suggestion. This is interesting. Now, this is something obviously I'm I've been familiar with, but I can't say I've like listened to this very much. This is a suggestion from Alex, and he wanted us to play something from Game & Watch Gallery, which, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this is um, a Game Boy game. I think it came out for a few different... It's probably a collection, a Game Boy version of some of the old Game & yeah, Watch titles. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many of you grew up with the Game & Watch titles, but they were these really simple and kind of uh, dinky little handheld uh, series of handheld games that, that were like released... Like LED games. Yeah, yeah, that were released in the 80s, and they were very fun in the 80s. You know, simple thrills in the 80s and the early 90s, really. So Yeah, um, by the time I came around... We only got stuff like that in like McDonald's Happy Meals. Oh, they gosh. would just include. Yeah, isn't that funny? Trying to just get Game rid and of Watch them. Type games, so anyway, yeah. it was a collection of Game and Watch games, and he wanted us to play the track uh, Octopus. This was composed. Let's see here by uh, Yoko Mizuda and Jin Sakita. Let's take a listen. to Octopus from Game & Watch Gallery. Uh, you know, I have kind of a soft spot for Mr. Game & Watch because he's my um, fighter of choice in the okay. new version of Smash Bros. I cool. just, uh, I don't know. He's Some people think he's kind of a cheap character, but mm -hmm. I get a real kick out of playing as him. So this is a suggestion by Alex. So thanks a lot, Alex, for the suggestion. It's a very good kind of poppy 60s, uh, almost like Motown kind of chord progression. Uh, very simple. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the Mario Land games a little it's bit. It's very Mario Land-esque. Yeah, very no, light. It's yeah. good stuff. I'm not familiar with these composers, Yoko Mizuda and Jin Sakita. So whoever these people are, they, they did a good job with this. And yeah, once again, another thing I've never heard before. So let's move on. We have a lot of great music to play today. Uh, we're now going to move on to a suggestion from Isabel. And this is from, Will, how would you pronounce this game? I think it's Air Tanilico. I would say Artonelico. Uh, Artonelico. <laughs> no, I think it would be Artonelico. Yeah. Tonelico, whatever it is. Um, 
a game that I've never heard of. Will, I'm, have you heard of this game? <laughs> I've never heard of this game, no. So the track that Isabel wanted us to play is called Singing Hill, which I believe is the opening to, I think, the first game in this series, if it is a series. Um, yeah, so again, just a little disclaimer here. We don't know really anything about these games. We didn't prepare as far as being able to talk about these games, uh, research them. This is your guys' picks, so hopefully you'll forgive uh, you know, the lack of our knowledge of these games. We're just going to be talking about... Our- Tonalico. Our reactions to the music. So, Singing Hill from this game composed by Akira Tsuchiya. Let's take a listen. This is a very beautiful and unique piece of music. I will admit that this was one that I actually did listen to all of it um, when she sent me the link. Yeah, I listened to the whole thing. So beautiful here. This is Singing Hill, uh, composed by Akira Tsuchiya. From what game is this, Will? R. Tonaliko. Really cool stuff. Really lush, uh, jazzy harmonies. Uh, What's interesting is it started off feeling quite modern, but then that kind of 80s kalimba instrument comes in, which reminds me of Joe Hisayashi's work in his kind of his 80s film scores for Miyazaki. So it feels obviously very Japanese. Um, I have no idea what kind of game this is, but it's a beautiful piece of music. Will, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's it's a very interesting combination. I like you. Yeah, it almost had like a vocal jazz kind of sound with yeah. the the harmonies in the beginning. And once it gets going, yeah, I, I the the things that come to my mind are are the same for you. It, kind of an interesting theme. Uh, there's a couple tracks on today's playlist that all almost that all feel very much in the vein of uh, the kind of. Um, Laputa castle in the sky um, harmonic sequence in terms of their melody. This and we haven't even gotten it. to the other. And there's two, two t- today that practically have the exact same melody. Which isn't that crazy? When I was listening to the first one, I'm like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Laputa a little. And that's something we've talked a lot about on the podcast. It's a very common minor chord progression mm-hmm. in a lot of Japanese uh, music. Um, but then there's two pieces today, and we didn't choose this that have essentially the same melody, and it's yeah. it's crazy. 
So you guys, great minds think alike, not only us to you, but you guys together, great minds think alike, as well as different composers writing the same melody. Okay, cool. So we're going to move on to a track from Persona 4, Dancing All Night. This was brought to our attention by Nia. The track is Shadow World, uh, composed by Shoji Maguro. Ryota Kazuka and performed here because since it features vocals, it's always nice to feature the performer. This is Shihoko Harata. So let's take a listen to Shadow World from Persona 4 Dancing All Night. sold uh the first little line is absolutely catchy and solid really big fan of this track this is shadow world from persona 4 dancing all night this is suggested by our good friend nia uh, we should probably give a little plug for that icelandic game that we did the music for uh, we released the music i think in january i'm not sure if that game has been released yet but it was a pleasure to collaborate with nia on that piece of music that the game composed. is called uh, Softu Litla Tofan Min. Yes, uh, um, wonderful. Just go to our was. go to our Bandcamp page to find the music, and there you should find links. But let's let's <laughs> talk. Let's be sure we don't uh, sidetrack too much. This, I just love that melody. Very strong uh, start to the melody. Um, I yeah, I think this is really catchy. It won me over. You know, it was really tough, guys, to, to whittle down this playlist because, unfortunately, I had to cut some stuff. Uh, but And I just did the best I could. But this was one that came in late, and I, I just couldn't not include it because I just really, really enjoyed it. It's killer. Absolutely. What do we got next here? Um, okay. We have a submission from Jonathan S. Looks like some Matt Furnace action. Some Matt Furnace action. Very, very good. This is from Wiz and Liz, uh, a soundtrack we are very familiar with. Um, we'll explain uh, one of the reasons we're probably familiar with it maybe after we play this track. This is Name Entry, which has never been played on the show. Or maybe we won't explain. And maybe we'll leave not. you to, yeah, keep guessing. Uh, let's take a listen to Name Entry.
delightful little track there. Uh, this is Name Entry from Wiz and Liz, composed by Matt Furness. This was suggested by Jonathan S. And um, what I hear when I listen to this piece of music, it seems like it's music from a creative and untrained brain, which is, is really the case here with Matt Furness. He, he was never you know, classically trained. He was just trying to input the coolest music he could um, with the limitations he had. And that's what I hear here. It's a very kind of interesting chord progression that is free in, in, in a certain sense, but it, it's very pleasing and it's, it's very good background music. And the instrument choice is, is so solid. You know, Matt's music on the Genesis sounds technically really almost as good as you can get. His music is mixed very well, and it always sounds very full and lush. And uh, I don't know, it's just it's just good sounding Genesis music. Well, what I like about Matt Furness's music is it's always very fun, um, and it's also pretty diverse for someone who, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, is sort of untrained. Or I guess I, it's better to say he doesn't come to it with like music being the formal element. You know, I, he was into computers first and programming and everything, mm-hmm. and music second. And I think there are really talented musicians um, who have been born out of that sort of. Uh, school of writing and I think um, even if they're great a lot of their stuff tends to have a very similar kind of emotional tone or style but what's great about Matt Furness is he has the songwriting style of someone who's a little bit more of an experienced musician, I would say. I know and that's what, what I think is really interesting about his music. We did have the pleasure of getting to interview Matt, and we know that he actually did have a little bit of background in you know playing music before uh, he started composing for games, but not too much. Yeah, that was a delightful episode last year. Last summer, we interviewed Matt. If you're if you're not familiar, you can check that episode out. We had a really good time interviewing him and and featuring all of his music. So we had a whole episode on Matt. So if you're a fan of Matt check that out. I'm sure John has already checked that episode out. So thanks uh, for that submission. Let's move on. We're going to move on to a track uh, given to us by Steve. This is Steve B. It's from Gauntlet Dark Legacy, which if I'm not mistaken, came out for the, I want to say GameCube. And this is a track called Ghost Town, which is, uh, as you would expect, fairly spooky. It's composed by Joe Lifford. Let's take a listen to Ghost Town. Thank you. 
Abbey stuff. You guys are listening to Ghost Town. This is from Gauntlet, Gauntlet Dark Legacy, composed by Joe Lifford, and suggested to us by Steve B. Kind of reminds me, um, even though melodically it's quite it's quite different. Um, he has a different sensibility, but kind of reminds me of something Lucas Arts guys might do in like the late '90s or something. To me, it reminds me a lot of Metroid, actually. Oh, with okay. Some of those choral samples, the ambience, and just a lot of those chords, just the sort of like extended minor jazz chords mixed with that ambience. It reminds me of Kenji Yamamoto. I could hear that. He probably wouldn't do the full drum kit, the real drum kit, though, would he? Yeah, probably um, not. All right. What do we got next on the docket? This is a suggestion from Chuck, and he wanted us to play a track from Final Fantasy X HD Remaster. And this particular track is what he wanted. This is called Beyond the Darkness. It was composed by one of his favorites, Masashi Hamazu. So let's take a listen to this beautiful track called Beyond the Darkness. engaging piece of music this i gotta say chuck well done this is my favorite so far of the day um this is beyond the darkness from final fantasy 10 hd remaster i think i said x up top but it's really the same difference right composed by masashi hamazu oh my gosh great track I'll just say it right now, it's definitely an improvement from the original. I don't remember listening to this original track, but I do remember that uh, the entire Final Fantasy X didn't have this lush of real performances. So this has to be some sort of rearrangement from the original, and that's what I'm assuming here, because it sounds amazing. The performances, the engineering, the composition, it just comes together in this way where there's a lot of people that wouldn't think about the individual elements, but they're just going to be sucked in. Uh, this is high quality uh, video game music. This is just absolutely monster stuff here. Yeah, the, honestly, this, this piece, I, I really love... Um the kind of playfulness between, I mean, you almost want to analyze this like it's, you know, just a legitimate piece of chamber music. The relationship mm -hmm. between the strings and the piano is really wonderful. I love that piano part. It really feels like it could be a piece of contemporary classical music. It's, it's so good. Really wonderfully written. Well, my favorite, my favorite little nugget is that dun, 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 dun. I thought that was really catchy. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really like all times. the kind of rhythmic things that the piano is doing with some of those staccato rhythms and everything and you know i might be speaking 
taken out of school. It's possible this is the exact same, you know, arrangement than the original. It's just remastered. I don't know. I it sounds like it it probably isn't because I think Final Fantasy X came out in like. 2001 or something so it just it sounds to me much more um you know more professionally produced than probably would have come out then awesome stuff thanks again chuck for that great pick let's move on to um a track from suggested from our good buddy simon one of our oldest uh fans been with us for so long so supportive uh this is from a game called curses and chaos and it was composed by Canadian composer Patrice uh, Bourgeot, I believe how you'd say it. Uh, this is a track called Wheelwright from Curses and Chaos. This is Wheelwright from Curses and Chaos. I enjoyed this. Uh, this is suggested by Simon, composed by Patrice Bourgeau. This is fun. You know, it's a really novel progression. That third chord is kind of like, wait, what? But then the fourth chord resolves it in a nice way. Really big fan of the rhythmic groove on this. It's very strong. It's a good kind of um, foundation for this track. And then the melody, which is featuring that kind of pulse uh, 8-bit sound. It sounds to me like he was using Triforce, which is a free uh, NES, kind of quasi-NES plugin um, that we used to use a long time ago, and we've since uh, graduated from that. But uh, it kind of reminds me that it's it doesn't really have any attack. I remember when we worked on Triforce, we could never get the attack that we wanted. But for a track like this, it's kind of creepy. You kind of want that sound. So it sounds good in the context of this track. This is once again from Curses and Chaos. Well, to me, it sounds like 80s. It sounds like 80s rock, just musically, um, huh. which is cool because, especially the fact that it's going for this sort of 8-bit sound, it's trying to evoke something retro. And a lot of that early video game music was inspired by rock and popular music of sure. the time. Absolutely, really cool track. Thanks again, Simon, for that pick. Yeah, Simon, really, he's been one of our oldest and most loyal listeners. Absolutely. Hopefully, someday we'll come up to Canada and. We'd love to buy you a drink, Simon. Absolutely. That'd be, a, that'd be a really fun time. Maybe if there's some sort of video game festival or something. Uh, we also had an idea. I emailed Simon. Like, uh, this is from an uh, indie um, Canadian composer. It'd be cool to do like a Canadian episode, like feature nothing but Canadian video game music. Because like, just think about all the music we're familiar with uh, in the US. And there's just a lot of it I'm probably just not privy to that's happening in Canada. Yeah. So it would be cool to, to, to do that, you know? Because for whatever reason, I don't hear about it all that much. Sure. So it'd be cool to to feature some music I'm not familiar with. So maybe we'll work together in the future, Simon, on that. 
Um, let's see what we got. Uh, this is a track suggested by Daniel D. It's from ESWAT City Under Siege. And this is, I think, a Sega Genesis soundtrack. And he wanted us to play BGM3, composed by Takayuki Nagamara. Let's take a listen. stuff nice little hidden gem here i've never been familiar with this soundtrack this is cool stuff this is from eswat city under siege you're listening to bgm3 composed by takayuki nakamura thanks dan for bringing this to our attention uh really quality stuff i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say this i have no idea but it sounds to me like this uh nakamura composer had worked on the PC-88 or 98, because it feels so much more in that tradition. The use of the PSG, how it's used. The uh, lack kind of, of percussion. The <laughs> lack of, uh, yeah, I don't know, something about it, it sounds honestly a lot more PC-88. If I, I know didn't know any better, I would not think this is Genesis. So, yeah, sure. I'm just going to say that. W- Will, what do you think? Yeah, like the nature of the composition seems to come out of more of that tradition. Um, just that it... Really nice a, doubling, you know, of the PSG and the sure. FM and you, the use of the hard pan. It, it sounds lush. Will, what did you think musically here? Well, it's more that sort of like quasi-symphonic thing in some respects. Um, not exactly, but I guess it just it doesn't have sort of the staples of a lot of Genesis music. Mm-hmm. And the lack of percussion is a huge thing. Um, uh, I love this track, though. I think it's wonderful. One little note on a technical side that really sort of caught my ear, particularly because, you know, we're listening with headphones, as I'm sure a lot of you are. Um, the panning of that other channel, what's so cool about something like the Genesis is um, you can you can have multiple synth channels doubling the same melody. Yeah. And when we would get that on 8-bit consoles, like the NES, oftentimes it was only for delay, so you'd have the same instrument at a quieter volume offset. But here, it's not really for delay, because it's two different instruments with different timbres. And while their timing doesn't line up, it's not clear that one is supposed to be, you know, the predominant melody mm-hmm. and one is the delay. It just creates uh, a little bit of room sound almost. Yeah, yeah, like a spatial effect a little bit, and also just a more complicated timbre it sounds like multiple instruments playing at once yeah this is a great mysterious track i don't know about you will but i'm having a great time so far this has been absolutely these are great i love these episodes Uh, so yeah you guys are doing a good job so far let's keep the train moving here we're gonna now move on to a track uh from andrew andrew l uh probably our oldest fan yeah definitely been with us um from the days of blogspot like 
was it was it even like before we even had a feed or it was like maybe we just started the feed and we're like wow we actually have somebody listening yeah well he you two were you two were like facebook yeah friends. we had mutual friends um from people that i knew in college so i think that's kind of maybe how he got the word out on us a long time ago but uh, anyway um andrew rocks and let's see he brought he had a couple suggestions i chose something from guacamole which is a cool title in and of itself this is called santa lucida I was familiar with Lucia, but this is Lucita. Okay. Composed by Peter Chapman. Kind of an interesting mariachi feel here. Let's take a listen to Santa Lucida. stuff you know peter chapman i feel like peter mcconnell would happen to enjoy this quite a bit as well you guys are listening to santa lucida from guacamole this was suggested by andrew so thanks andrew for this wonderful pick this reminds me of christoph Haral, or it oh, sounds okay. a lot like some of the stuff that or you know billy martin for that matter because i'm just saying it sounds like rayman you know a lot of modern um western composers that feature real performance to to add expression and humor and personality to their music uh it's something that we hear a lot you know in the west uh we do hear it in japan as well but there is a certain type of energy that you get with some of these composers that feels uniquely western and that's what i'm getting here you know yeah it shouldn't be it shouldn't be surprising well i don't think these trumpets they're not real i think these are virtual instruments some of them feel real to me like it might be a combination i think they're just they're they're samples that have you know like kind of salsa trumpet patches but hmm. i sound which, like which, you know which is actually me. a fun little conversation it is real somebody played that vibrato in the studio sure. so it's yeah that's you know we never think about it that way but it's actually our real players but they're kind of being sampled and stretched and what's well, funny a lot down. of the studio um players look on some of uh, the people who recorded sample libraries as like traders because mm-hmm. they're putting them out of a job and oh certain yeah situations. they're putting themselves out of a later job yeah that's crazy guys i'm really excited to move on to this week's track of the week <laughs> Now, it's always tricky when we when we do these. Uh, can there really be a true track of the week? Uh, we tried our best here. Another track that I listened to the full thing and just loved it. It's a really cool pick I was not familiar with. So track of the week goes to Tony J. And his suggestion was from Pokemon Trading Card Game, which we'd played one or two tracks from before, but was not familiar with this track. It's the Overworld from that game. It was composed by Ichiro Shamakura. Let's take a listen.
so good. Oh my gosh, what a joy that piece of music is. It's Overworld from Pokemon TCG, composed by Ichiro Shamakura. And for me, it could have fit the Game Boy music you may not have heard episode we did last year, but you can't really do a Pokemon track ever on a topic like that, because I'm sure a lot of you know this track. I just don't happen to. I've never played this game, but wonderful Game Boy music here uh, from the Pokemon series. Thanks, Tony, for this pick. It's so stellar. Yeah, this is wonderful. I love the kind of um, slow, like, harmonic rhythm. that you know, The melody right? happens really slowly. It gives you time to really, like, sink into that swung groove. It's super feel-good. Like, this is a, a track that I think would lend itself to um, multiple repetitions because it mm-hmm. is kind of slow and groovy and really satisfying. Perfect for the nature. I mean, that this is sort of like a trading card game. This yeah, is if anyone, action intense. You know? If anyone out there is knows this song, uh, either Tony or anybody else, send me... I want to hear a remix of this. Has there ever been like a like a full, like real performance rendition of this? Because well, I see, think it'd I be wanna, wonderful. I want to go through the soundtrack because I have a feeling, you know, that melody is so solid and it's also kind of... This is an unintuitive presentation of something like that. I have a feeling that this is a theme that's used throughout the game and that there's hmm. multiple iterations and there's maybe like a or something a little bit quicker because um, we tend to hear more stuff like that um, in video games because I think in terms of just the melodic character it does feel very familiar to it does feel very sort of similar to some of the other great retro game music pieces well it's just it's just nice because you know this composer here ichiro shimakura not the typical pokemon composer you know that would be uh, obviously Janishi masuda so cool to there's hear something about this that and maybe this is just i don't know i'm full of hot air on this but it really this feels like um very much in the style of game boy music there's it something does. about that like swung groove in the laid cute. back nature it's very cute it feels more like mm-hmm. I, i'm reminded again maybe for the second time in the episode of some of the super mario land particularly the kazumi tataka stuff on super mario land 2 hey, well you know it's, you know a reason why i think you're so right about that is because doesn't this feel child friendly and almost like baby friendly and i mean that in a yeah. good way you know it's well, something the I'm, liberal use of the kind of swung groove yeah, it's like almost like a rhythms. lullaby but it's something that adults can sure. enjoy equally i've actually been really interested in that recently of like baby music but trying to make something that's pleasing for adults in a different way and actually i was over at my sure. sister's recently and she was playing baby my sister um, as well yeah our sister uh talking to the listeners though uh she was playing this music it was <laughs> I, she plays a lot of baby music, obviously, um, in in the in the house because you know, um, and that's just her, for her, her little <laughs> no, her little son, our nephew. Um, so anyway, she was playing, uh, and if you knew her, you'd know this is very fitting. Michael Jackson renditions, like baby remixes of Michael Jackson yeah, songs, yeah, I've heard all those. marimba. Um, and I was listening to it, and I was like, you know, I'm really enjoying this, but I'm sure James is enjoying it in a, in you know on a different level. Well, you know, it's funny because they, I think the first one of those CDs that got because I've heard those before, they got it because uh, her husband. Our brother-in-law Brian, um, he's really into a lot of '80s rock bands. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. some of that stuff is kind of like loud and maybe not something that <laughs> Guns and Roses a baby Marimba would sit edition. tight with. Yeah, but there actually there is that kind of stuff. There's Guns and Roses, and there's um, a lot of it's very uh, major. Journey. The, I think Brian really likes Journey, so they got like some Journey songs with stripped-down arrangements. Let's see what we got here. We got uh, the next submission is from Joe, Joe P. He wants to play something from Mischief Makers. Yeah, I remember this email. Uh, Mischief Makers is a game for the N64, and it was composed by the very kind of oddball composer Norio Hanzawa. 
Uh, a lot of his work is fairly beloved, actually. He composes music that's super quirky and unique. Um, for the Genesis, he's gotten a lot of praise. I've never heard of this game, but he has a unique style. When you listen to his music, you can kind of tell it's him. It, it's kind of weird, but it grows on you with each listen. So um, let's take a listen to Esperance 1 from Mischief Makers. Very interesting there. That is Esperance 1 from Mischief Makers. This is for the N64, if you can't tell, composed by Norio Hanzawa. Thanks, Joe, for this pick. Really interesting. Uh, he was quite passionate about this track. Uh, had a lot of interesting things to say about it. I'm going to pull up the email here, see if I can see what he said about it. Um, he, he said, uh, totally in love with this track. It has everything. I love the string and synth chorus unison lines, the sick 90s synth slap bass sound, the adventurousness of the melody, the creative syncopated phrasing of the melody. Uh, and he goes outside of that, um, you know, how it goes outside of the key. Uh, sorry, how it goes outside of the time signature, plays plays, plays around with the 3-4. Uh, some other great things he said about it. But yeah, Joe was very passionate about this. And um, uh, That is some shameless paraphrasing. You're just ripping off of his ideas and using them as your own that's plagiarism i said i no i said i was reading the, i said i was reading the email i was verbatim no, reading his email teasing. yeah no he had a he had a quite a teasing. quite a few good things to say about that yeah so, but yeah, if you don't cite your sources it's still plagiarism that was uh joe p email 2016 internet i think that's the best way to cite that right internet you have to do common it in, uh, chicago Turabian style i actually so. don't know if joe's where joe's based uh from but anyway internet internet's always usa right internet comma usa yeah if you guys are if you guys are writing like a, a a thesis about video game music and you need to cite this podcast just shoot us an email and we'll provide you with the appropriate links we don't use MLA formatting, though, so really sorry in advance. Okay, uh, let's move on. We have a suggestion from Aiden. Uh, he has wonderful taste. Everything I've ever heard from Aiden has been great. Uh, this is Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery, composed by Jim Guthrie. Will, I, for some reason, I feel like I remember you brought in something from this. This is Dark Flute. Let's take a listen.
cool. Another track similar in style and form to that Tearaway track starts off with something a little bit more ethnic, and then eventually these modern electronic drums come in. Um, I'm a really big fan of the very simple boom, 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 kind of that ostinato that follows the entire song. Very uh, effective stuff, kind of keeps you engaged throughout. This is Dark Flute from Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. Thanks, Aiden, for the suggestion. Well, this is the kind of thing that you really have to give it sort of a long listen. You know, we got an interesting suggestion recently of an episode topic, which was uh, long-form music, essentially um, an episode where we'd only play music that, you know, was on the longer side of things. Mm -hmm. I think they were, you know, thinking of things that were like 10 minutes long. But I really think something, it doesn't necessarily have to be about the length. It's just about how long it takes to get into it. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, the immediately catchy loop. It's something that it's sort of a through composed piece that you kind of have to keep listening to, to. Well, yeah, I think for that episode, anything as far away from the 30 second loop as possible. You know, if something's like a two minute loop, that might even be, you know, fitting for that episode. But yeah, it's a good idea. Um, I can't remember who suggested it. It may have been Phil, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, whoever suggested it, a uh, good idea. And also, um, we would have to do a lot less number of tracks. Like, we could probably just have to do, like, eight tracks or something on that episode. But uh, cool. Let's move on. We have a... Oh, you know, another thing Aiden brought to our attention in his email is recently it was, it was confirmed officially that Kohei Tanaka is back for Gravity Rush 2, which will come out later this year. So super excited for that. Maybe he'll have another concert where he'll play Hopefully. music from it. All right, this is a suggestion from Chris L. It's the game uh, Dust in Elysian Tale. He wanted us to play Abadis Forest, composed by Hyperduck Soundworks. That's a company I had to look into to get the people that work there. It's composed of two composers, Chris Gian and Dan Byrne McCullough. So let's take a listen now, to... this is awesome. I did sneak yeah, a peek and listen so to good. this. So good. Let's take a listen to Abadis Forest. Solid. This is a baddest forest. I like to pronounce it a badass forest. Will gave me that good idea. <laughs> Dust in Elysian Tales, the game. Chris L is the person who suggested it. Hyperduck Soundworks is the team that made this. This might be my favorite track of the day. Yeah, this is so good. Yeah, impeccable sequencing here. Uh, Will just told me he had a marathon weekend of a lot of sequencing he had to do. So, Will, uh, you're fresh in that world. What do you think of how they um, sequence this and how they compose this? 
Well, it definitely makes me feel bad about myself. Oh, <laughs> I'll say now. that for sure. This is incredible. It's um, legit. And, and not, not even j just the sequencing, but the composition itself. Um, something, you know, that is kind of something I've been thinking an awful lot about is how can you kind of mix the old and the new? How can you write right. something that feels... I guess a little bit more wondrous and imaginatively symphonic or melodic or w whatever um, that feels more kind of like the old guard of film music or video game music mm -hmm. with the heavy use of groove bass, ostinato, rhythmic string yeah. type of music. And this to me captures it perfectly. It's an it's a very catchy ostinato. It really like emotionally grabs your attention because mm. it's the combination of that that. Um, what's called oblique motion in music, which is essentially a pitch that's staying the same yes. while other things are moving, and so you just have that. And everything is moving around that, so the chords are changing, but that one pitch stays the same, and that's really the focal point. That's what kind of grabs you. That's and what grabs you in general. Go. And so much music is finding those common tones and keeping them going as long as possible, yeah. and not changing. I mean, even from it's a sort of a fundamental concept of harmony, smooth yeah. voice leading. Um, but here we see it taken to a and different There are level. so many different uh, occasions of, of, of when it works, and this is a great example of that. Uh, you know, Will, I'm just, I'm just interested. You know, I feel like these guys must get decent work. You know, that Hyperduck sound works. It sounds legit. We should maybe change our name to Supermarcado Studios or Supermarcado Soundworks. Yeah. Maybe we'll be able to get more work that way. <laughs> Supermarcado Studio. Okay. Let's see here. We're going to move on to a track suggested by Andrew V. Uh, he sent us quite a few emails. Uh, he loves the music from the Spyro series. And this track is from Spyro the Dragon, which came out for the PS1. This is Wizard Peak, composed by the police drummer, Stuart Copeland. Who would have ever thought he would go on to compose this game? Great drummer, great band, the police, wonderful. Let's take a listen to his music from Spyro. You guys are listening to Wizard Peak from Spyro the Dragon, which is obviously a police track, right? No, this is uh, composed by Stuart Copeland, who was famous for being the drummer, really good drummer, for the band The Police. 
uh, Andrew suggested this track. So thanks for the suggestion, Andrew. This is really groovy. Again, it's like a lot of music in this era where it's groove-based. Uh, shouldn't be surprising that a drummer would compose music that's a groove-based. He dang well better, right? I'm that's sure you wouldn't have any experience um, um, with anything of the sort. Har, har, Yeah, that's the function of a drummer, and that's he's kind of bringing that sensibility to his music for the Spiral series. It's very groove-based. Um, a lot of solos, kind of similar to tracks we've heard before, kind of that Rubicon style where, you know, soloing throughout the whole thing, um, there's not really any moment where it takes you out of it and it feels like jarring or like um, kind of distracting. Like it, it's all in the pocket here and it's it's great music to go alongside um, colorful game like Spiral the Dragon. I have played this game. Uh, my friend used to have a PS1 and we used to play this game a lot. Oh, Fun. really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I played you know a decent amount of PS1. I remember the first time I ever played it, I was shocked because I was like, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, it's loading. I'm like, what? What's what's loading? I, explain that to me. Why are we waiting five minutes for this bar? To, <laughs> it was like probably before I ever downloaded anything in our computer. So, you know, going from like the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, and the 64, it's like, loading? What's that about? But, Will, what do okay, you think about Jerry this Okay, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> trying out some stand-up over here. Yeah, goodness I need gracious. to work on we it. we got a lot of tracks to get to. I'm just trying to workshop it on the podcast because uh, actually that's a I don't really. I don't think you're going to get a lot of sympathy with like 17-year-old stand-up references. Oh, really? Are you saying that those references are a little bit outdated that I should update them? So, guys, I was playing the Xbox One. <laughs> How about those load times? Am I right? Wait, did you just say the Xbox One? I did. Because that's the current that's Xbox. Current. Is I know. I was Xbox trying to, One. but I was trying to make my reference modern, like you told me. Well, oh, see, I thought you were talking about the original Xbox. No, that wouldn't misspoke. be a modern enough reference for our listeners. You know. Okay. Well, this has gone on for like forty-five. Our minutes. demographic is skewing. I would say mostly ten-year-olds that are listening to this podcast, right? Oh, um, we we really have to get going. Uh, we're gonna now move on to one of our absolute favorite dudes ever. This is Carlos. I can't imagine a listener show and tell without a Carlos track. This is a track from the game Derby Stallion. God, I love it's... Carlos. You know, we actually <laughs> the difference between this listener show and tell and the last one is we actually got to meet Carlos and yeah. now we're buddies. We hung out um, all over the place at Magfest. Good dude. Um, Great yeah, dude, yeah. Carlos is the um, best. So the track he brought in was Birth of a Legendary Horse, composed by David Matthews. You guys are listening to Birth of a Legendary Horse from the game Derby Stallion, composed by David Matthews. 
that really effective doubling of the oboe and the glock, which is so sweet and sensitive and beautiful. This is one of the melodies Will was talking about. We're going to hear this pretty much same melody on the playout track today. Uh, this is a Carlos suggestion. Thanks, Carlos, for this pick. This is beautiful. Oh, this is absolutely gorgeous. I adore this. Yeah, I think the orchestration is incredibly sweet, very childlike. Yeah. I think when you hear a lot of that kind of glockenspiel, it it almost has the effect of sort of a lullaby. Um, I, I think it's because we, we have sort of the association of little children playing with, you know, toy xylophones. Little children riding horses, maybe? No, maybe not. Uh, you know, but one thing I'll say is this isn't the first track that felt child-friendly to me today. You know, I, for some reason, I felt like that Pokemon was fairly child-friendly, and I gotta say, that's something that I've been really into lately, so maybe that's the reason I, pick, I picked this track. Carlos had a lot of great stuff. Yeah, Carl, do you have an announcement? Do you have a baby on the way? Anything you care to share? <gasps> I'm pregnant, guys! No, um, it's not possible yet, but uh, we're working on it. We'll get there one day. We'll get there one day uh, as a society. Yeah, no, Carlos had a lot of great suggestions. I picked this one. Part of me felt bad because the rest of his suggestions, I think, were a lot more like hip and badass and like rocking this one is but you know uh it's it's beautiful that is when i think of carlos i do think of hip badass and rocking <laughs> but i also think of sweet as well right so I, I will say i think carlos is the first fan of our show to receive a spot in my phone like i i can yeah. text him i've been texting him as we've been playing his track so this is pretty crazy. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. A live text. That's 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 the rare. Um, that's the top tier, right? Okay, well, so I guess you could say Tim Tim Turry, but uh, I, yeah. I I think of he's more than just a fan. He's a he's a brother. Yes. Let's move on. We have a suggestion from Abigail R. It's from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Abigail wanted us to play Rage Awakened, obviously composed by the wonderful Yoko Shimomura. Here we go. You guys are listening to Rage Awakened from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, composed by Yoko Shimomura. I think this was the PSP one. There was one that was on the PSP, one that was on the, the 3DS. I can't remember which one, but um, thanks, Abigail, for this pick. Beautiful track. It's it's so fun because it's classical. It's kind of tragic and slow as far as what the melody's doing, but the drums are kind of like that really kind of souped-up drum and bass, really energetic feel, so it's great for like a final boss or a final stage. It's just 
very um, energetic. It's that great combination. You know, it's, it's tragic. If it wasn't for these drums, we probably would think of this as a, as a very slow ballad. The drums kind of bring this new energy into it. So uh, cool. That's stuff. an interesting concept. I remember talking about that uh, after we I watched that interview a few years ago on Mighty Number no. Nine, speaking with Manami Matsumai about mm-hmm. how she likes to sort of compose slowly at the piano and really make sure the themes are beautiful and kind of balletic. And then you, when you kind of speed up the tempo and add drums and everything, and it really starts to rock. And you might not realize kind of the very intimate emotional origins of the music and i imagine you know yoko show memora isn't all that different absolutely let's move on to the last um pick of the day other than the fade out track now i want to apologize in advance uh name is a little bit hard to pronounce here um i believe this is uh, from norway norwegian name i found that it was pronounced chettle so hopefully chettle is 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 the right pronunciation thank you so much for your pick uh this is from tamadachi life and the track uh, he wants us to play is Rankings Board Popularity, composed by Daisuke Matsuoka. Here we go. I had a blast today. You guys have outdone yourselves again. And this is even with so many things that unfortunately had to be cut. You know, as I'm looking at email now, I'm seeing we just got another email that obviously we didn't have time to include. Uh, Let's see, that email that we just got was from Ken. So there's so many other people that we weren't able to include. Uh, But that's a good sign. That means that you guys are passionate about video game music and your tastes are so good. We're always so impressed every year we do these. So, um... We'll do more. We'll do more of these because we, we always get such great support and it's really fun yeah. for us, you know, kind of like a week off where we don't have to prepare. And we really, um, hopefully it's enjoyable for you guys to get to hear your music played on the show. Um, yeah. I have a feeling we could do another one of these before next May, right? That probably yeah, makes absolutely. sense, right? Cool. Well, guys, we're going to play you out with a suggestion from Craig. It's Bravely Default. Now, I will say, the one lone exception of a track that, hey, Craig, we've already played this. I don't know if you're aware of that, Craig, but we've played this track before. But that's okay. We're going to play it again because you suggested it, and it's a playout today from Bravely Default. And it's great. It's great. And Horizon another of reason we have to talk about this, it... The melody, the first 10 pitches of this melody, with the exception there's sort of a few ornament uh, ornaments, are practically identical in structure and rhythm to uh, the Carlos suggested track, Derby the Stallion. Derby yeah. Stallion. Um, it's crazy. I, I encourage you to go back and listen to the episode, compare these two tracks, and, and compare it mm-hmm. to, what was that, the R. Tonalico um, kind of choral piece that had a melody that I guess Carl <laughs> thought was also sort of similar. I think it's crazy. It's a it's it's wonderful when you know this stuff just happens out of our hands. But it gives right. me another idea. You know, we did that five finger fanfare. I want to find all the pieces that 
sound like ripoffs of Laputa and <laughs> do an entire <laughs> episode based on it because it seems like such a reoccurring theme on this podcast. But absolutely, I digress. This is a beautiful piece of music. Uh, thanks again to everyone who submitted things. Yeah, um, thanks and to all of you that made the playlist. Congratulations! I hope you all have a wonderful week. My name is Will Brueggemann. My name is Carl Brueggemann. Uh, stick around next week. We have a spotlight on the Supreme League of Patriots by Jay Kaufman. See you, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.